0: all right good night everybody how you doing still okay very good um some of you went to the retreat this weekend right um and what did you learn what did or what did we try to teach at the retreat e-fighting don't gossip Even though your parents might act stupid, you sh- right? You should respect them. Why? Willingly? Because they because they are God's authority over you. Joy. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Very good. See? Nice. Temptation is everywhere, and so is Trey. And, right? <laughs> All right, and how many of you, the second you got home, your parents said something to test you? Anybody Anybody got any stories that they want to share? Just like, just... Because we said it was going to happen, right? You're going back into the real world. And I knew as soon as you guys got home, you were going to be tested. How did you respond? Said, <laughs> Shelby, walk away. Call Lauren. Donna, a bitter tongue. How many of you did not respond the way that you were supposed to? OK honest very good uh, how many of you get frustrated when you know like after a retreat or after a camp bahamas or after a, a great message you hear then you try to do what you to, what you're told you try to obey what you know you should do but for whatever reason, you just can't. How many of you get frustrated with that, right? Like, I want to do this, I know I should, and I want to do it, but I don't, <laughs> right? I, I I get frustrated, I get frustrated with stuff. I mean, I'm not perfect, you know? I don't have my glorified body yet, Although this one's pretty close. But, you know, uh, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is still working on me. You know, I still have to repent. I, I am not perfect. I, there are things that I wish I didn't do, that I wish I didn't struggle with, that I still, for whatever reason, struggle with. And I get frustrated about it. How many of you get frustrated with your sin? Okay, good. That's good, okay? If you did not get frustrated with your sin, with things that you know you shouldn't do, but you still do, with the things you know you should do, but you don't do, if you do not get frustrated about that, I don't know if you're a Christian. Okay? So it's good if you are frustrated about it. But tonight... Very briefly, um, if I told you that the most holy, spiritual, godly man that ever lived sh- struggled with these things, struggled with doing the wrong thing when he wants to do the right thing, would that would that make you would that release some pressure off of you? I hope it would, and that's my goal tonight is to encourage you a little bit, and also to help you understand how you can do those things that you want to do, all right? Uh, We're going to start in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. And this is basically going to be our message for tonight. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. And this is Paul. And Paul writes in here, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit... And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Okay? Verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. Right? So, to keep you from doing the things you want to do, Which one of those, the flesh or the spirit, which one do you you think wants to keep you from doing the things you want to do? The flesh, right? The flesh, not the spirit, because the spirit is from God and wants us to do good, right? Okay, so how do we, going back to verse 16, how do we not fulfill the desires of the flesh? What does it say? walk by the spirit what does that word walk mean does it mean when i'm walking i try really hard to not do anything and just let the spirit enter me and move me and do things that i don't want to do oh right is that is that what it means what does that word walk mean hey rumi Live by the Spirit, right. Let your lifestyle, let your actions, let your decisions uh, develop a culture or a lifestyle in your life that is led by the Spirit, okay? And so, how many of you have seen the movie Avatar? Okay. Okay. It's, it's Pocahontas in 3D, is what it is, okay? That's all it is. But but the story, the, story, the story is about a guy who's paralyzed, right? And his legs don't work. But when he gets into that machine, and he takes over that avatar, that avatar can walk, that avatar can run, that alien... Can leap around, right? Shoot machine guns, right? Jump on dragons, flying things, and right. And we can look at that and we can say that's how our life is. When we let the Holy Spirit empower us, we can walk by the Spirit. We can have a lifestyle that doesn't gratify the desires of the flesh, that doesn't do all the things that we don't really want to do, but somehow we let that fleshly desire take over. We're not walking by the Spirit anymore. We're walking in our flesh, in our sinful desires, and then we do those things that we don't want to do. So I'm giving you the solution right up front. Walk by the Spirit. Now, turn to Romans chapter 7. Who wrote the book of Romans? Romans. Right. You guessed that? He wrote 13 books in the New Testament. So, that's a good guess. Chances are, it was going to be Paul. Alright. Um, who wrote the book of First Peter? Very good. You go to Temple Christian. Okay. 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 <laughs> Okay, so this is Paul, and he's trying to obey the law of God in Romans chapter 7. And he says, uh, let's see, let's start at verse 9. And we're going to go through a lot of verses here, um, but just pay attention and see if you can relate to this. If you're a Christian, you can relate to this. Uh, Okay, here we go. in order that sin might be shown to be sin. All right. And through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. All right, what he's saying here is you get this commandment and, like, if your parent didn't tell you, don't eat the cookie, right? If they never told you, don't eat the cookie, you could have eaten that cookie, right, and felt no guilt because they told you don't eat the cookie, you go and you eat the cookie. Now you're guilty, right? Now you're guilty. But you think, but you, hold on. But you think, man, if my parents never made that rule, I wouldn't be guilty. I wouldn't have done nothing wrong. So it's the rule's fault. It's not my fault. And it's my parents' fault for making that rule. But Paul says, but Paul says, <laughs> no, but I'm about to destroy it because Paul says, he says, uh, it's it wasn't the law that made me do wrong. It wasn't the rule. It was my sinful nature that heard the rule that said, don't do that. And it said, I'm going to do it. Right? It's our sinful nature that that just wants to do what we're told we shouldn't do. It's there. Paul says, it's not the rule's fault. And if you're a Christian, you want to obey that rule, right? Because you know you should. But we do have sin that that tempts us. And as verse 11 says... For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me. So what sin does is sin tricks you. Sin deceives you. Sin makes you think you need that thing or it won't be that bad. That rule is ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. You should do that. And however you rationalize or justify it in your mind, you go and you do it and you instantly break the law, and you instantly break God's law, all right? But Paul says it's not the law's fault. It's not the rule's fault. Here we go. Let's keep going. Uh, Verse 14, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. How many of you feel this? Right? Okay. Okay. This is Paul speaking. Paul wrote 13 books in the New Testament. God used him to write these books. And even Paul says, I do things that I hate. Now, if I do, if I, <laughs> if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. Right? Because the law says to do something, I want to do that thing. But somehow I end up doing the opposite. And, and I feel bad about it, so I know that the law is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. All right, here's what you're saying. I know what some of you are thinking. Ah, it's not me. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. Sin made me do it. The devil made me do it. Right? This is, this is I'm going to destroy it again, Stephen, though because that's not what he's saying. He's saying that before he was a Christian, there was a time when he wanted to do bad stuff. But now, you know, and he didn't need sin to to tempt him to do anything bad. He could do bad all by himself. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, ah. Uh, right? He could do bad all by himself. He didn't need anyone. But now that he's a Christian, and he's trying to do the right thing, just like you guys are trying to do the right thing with your parents, with your friends, with your boyfriends, with your girlfriends, I hope. Shall we say never. Are you never going to do the right thing with your boyfriends or girlfriends? You're just not going to have them. Okay. Okay, there you go. Safe, safe. Okay? Uh, He's saying... Now that I'm a Christian and I want to do the right thing, it's not me totally plowing headfirst into sin. Sin needs to come along and convince me and deceive me, like it says in verse 11. Sin comes along and deceives me so that, you know, it's not my original desire. It's not what I really want to do. I want to obey God, but sin comes along, Satan comes along, tempts me, deceives me, makes me think it's better to disobey, and I go and walk by the flesh, and then I commit this sin, right? So what he's saying is, it's not, it wasn't my, the thing that I originally wanted to do, but sin has to trick me to get me to do it. So he's saying, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. <sighs> you want to use that as an excuse, right? For I, do not, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. And he, re- he repeats it again, okay? Verse 21. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right... Evil lies close at hand. You feel this? I'm trying to do the right thing, but man, there's a friend who's telling me something. There's a brother or sister who's just making it really hard. right? My parents, like, as, as soon as I make a decision I'm going to obey them, they come down and do something that makes me just not want to obey them. You can guarantee that that's how it's going to happen. And we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about that on Sunday morning. Uh, when you choose to obey, that's when Satan decides to attack. So are you just going to never obey so you never get attacked by Satan? Hmm. Okay. Verse 22, For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, You will be able to do what you want to do. It's through Jesus Christ. Notice in all of this that he's trying to do and obey and wanting to do things, but he doesn't really do it. Not once does he mention the Holy Spirit. So what he's describing is us trying to obey, us trying to live a Christian life, us trying to do the right thing totally by ourselves. Without God's help. And what happens is either we do obey God, obey the rules that are there, and we say, man, look at how good I was. Look at all I accomplished. And so we get proud. Or we don't do it all and we end up frustrated like this, right? So what do we do? Up to chapter 8. I'm just going to read a bunch of this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, thank you. Because if there was condemnation when I'm a Christian, I would be condemned because I am not perfect. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the... What? The Spirit. Okay? The righteous requirement of the law be fulfilled in us who walk according to the Spirit. That's the only way we can fulfill what God's law says. We can't, you know clench our fists, and tense up and say, I am not going to do that thing. Because that's our flesh. That's our self-will, our self-determination. And it doesn't work. It is not powerful enough. It cannot do the job. The only thing that can do the job is when we walk according to the Spirit. What does it mean to walk according to the Spirit? He tells us, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. What does it mean to set your mind on something? What is that? Concentrate? Good. To dwell on it, right? Expose yourself to it so that you can think about it. Immerse yourself in it. Right? Immersion. Anyone who went to Camp Bahamas knows what that's about? Setting your mind on these things so that you can put them into practice. All right? You cannot uh, make a decision at a retreat or at a camp for one week. You can't make a decision and expect it to stick perfectly you've got to set your mind on those things and put them into practice and it's called practice for a reason you've got to do it over and over again, and sometimes you might mess up, but you continually do it because you've got your mind set on it to walk according to the spirit in the power of the spirit, not just according to what you want to do because we see by Paul the most spiritual man in the world, he wanted to do good things, but he couldn't do it. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So basically he's saying, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you. If you're a Christian, you have it. So you can walk according to the Spirit. Don't say it's impossible. Don't say, I can't do this. Because you have help. You have the Holy Spirit. If you choose to submit to Him and let Him empower you and take you over. Verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. How do you put to death the deeds of the body, the sinful things that we do? How do we put them to death? By the by the Spirit. Okay? So, and we set our minds on it. It's a continual thing. It's not a one-time decision at a retreat or at a camp, okay? Those are good things to do, but you've got to continue in it. You've got to continue to walk in the Spirit. You've got to tap into the Spirit who dwells in you, who has set up His home inside of you. That's what that word dwell means. He set up His home inside of you. So what are you setting your mind on? Are you setting your mind on boys and girls and, you know, movies and music and, and, and cartoons, right? And TV and everything. Are those the things you're setting your mind on? Or are you setting your mind on the things of the Spirit? Are you setting your mind on God's Word? Are you setting your mind on, on praising Him? Church is a good place to find out about God. But we don't worship the church. We worship God. But I know what you mean. All right? This only applies to you if you are a Christian. If you do not care that you sin, then you're probably not a Christian. Hopefully. Hopefully, all of you have done that. If you haven't done that, you can do that tonight. You can become a Christian tonight. You can receive the Holy Spirit, and you can walk by the Spirit to do what God has asked you to do. It is only through Jesus Christ, putting faith in Him, His death, His resurrection, for you, for your sins, that's the only way you receive the Holy Spirit, to be able to live a life that pleases God and is not according to the flesh the thing that just leaves us frustrated. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I ask your forgiveness for how much I walk in my flesh, how much I even try to do good things in my flesh without your help. Um, Lord, that's for my glory. That's not for your glory. Father, I pray for the teens that they would continually set their minds on the things of the Spirit and not on the things of the flesh. And that they would uh, seek help if they are struggling with a certain sin, certain thing that they just can't get under control. Um, And Lord, I pray tonight that they would seek you. That if there's anyone here tonight who who maybe has been faking their Christianity, who has just been uh, trying to be good, to just their parents off their backs or just to not get in trouble, but they know they're not right with you, um, Lord, I pray that you would convict them, that your spirit would work in them, that we would um, not forget that the spirit is there, that he is real, and that he is who empowers us to live a life that pleases you, not ourselves, because we just end up frustrated and, and feeling useless, but God, your spirit forgives, you forgive, um, Lord, I just pray tonight that we would ask forgiveness and tap into the Holy Spirit who, who is real and dwells in us every day. In Jesus' name, amen.